This is everything you want to know about non-clinical careers for physicians. At Third Evolution, I'm your host, Robert Pretty. You're wanting to transition from clinical practice. Well, let me give you five key reasons why you don't want to find a job. If you're a frequent listener to my podcast or you read my blog, you're a physician wishing to transition from practice to a non-clinical career, or at least a physician ready to take that next non-clinical step in your career. And you might think, you want a job, right? And it's my job, my business at Third Evolution, to help you be successful. So why am I saying you don't want to find a job? Well, you may find this just a bit nuanced, but there is a difference between finding a job and creating a job. Finding a job usually means someone, some company, Some organization has a job they've defined that they want to fill, and now you are the one who's getting hired. Great, right? Well, maybe. Here's why. Most of the time, being hired into an existing job means this. One, there was a predecessor whose shoes you will either need to fill or whose reputation and deeds you will need to overcome. Either way, that means part of your evaluation is not just the job you do, but how your performance compares to someone else. You may do everything right, but, well, hey, good old Harry always brought in cake when anyone was celebrating a birthday, and Jane was the first in line to make sure all the presentations were in order and ready to go for the team. If you're not fulfilling Harry's or Jane's responsibilities, you may or may not be judged particularly well. And while you may think just doing your job well is good enough, actually, others are expecting you to do your job and to keep doing those jobs of the person you replaced. Number two, a job description exists. And, well, it may or may not just be the things you want to do. It may be things you don't really want to do or maybe even things you don't do well. So think about it. You're a specialist. You're a physician. You were probably hired because of your special knowledge, your contacts, your ability to manage and evaluate certain scientific and medical issues. That list of your special attributes may be quite long. However, counseling your staff about dress code infractions or defending a budget or even drafting a budget, well, that may not be what you think you signed up for, but they are part of your job. That's part of being a team player. Further, Another part of your job is probably sitting on a few committees in which you have zero interest. But unlike in a hospital, you're actually expected to participate. It's no longer just a free lunch and perhaps a quick nap. Don't roll your eyes. I've been in too many of those meetings. Number three, your income, benefits, and other perks of the job, well, they've already been decided. I'll suggest you dump that art of negotiating book in a recycling bin. If you're filling a job, not only does your job description likely already exist, so does the benefits package and the compensation package. And be really leery of any conversation that begins with, we know you're a physician, but. That but means we think we know what you expect, but our compensation model is based on evaluation of the job not what you've made previously in medical practice. But a little side note here. Income in most medical specialties has been relatively flat for literally the past 30 years. 
Therefore, depending on your corporate rank, you may find you're actually making more than you when you were in practice. And, and this is a very big and, and you'll probably see annual increases in a range of 4 to 10%. In medicine, average annual change over the past 30 years has been 2% or less. Now, back on point, the bottom line is this. While not written in stone, most organizations need to maintain internal parity among positions, so don't expect significant movement. Number four, your job title in an organizational rank is predetermined. That's right, if everyone on your team is a director, you're probably not going to be a vice president, and organizational hierarchy actually means something. I know you may very well be used to just walking into the CEO's office, but unless it's a very small company with a flat organizational chart, don't expect to do that now. Learn the organizational structure, who can go to whom and with what, and who can't. That same is true if you have a matrix relationship and you believe a team member who belongs in another division isn't pulling his or her weight. In my corporate days, the quickest way to get on my wrong side was to criticize one of my staff. That was my job. So be careful to understand your actual spans of authority and responsibility. You're either going to learn the value of fit or likely find yourself quickly looking for your next non-clinical move. And reason number five, your measures of success and failure already exist. It's about structure. Whether you're cleaning up for a past ne'er-do-well or living up to a predecessor who walked on water, you'll need to map your performance so what you learn to be critically necessary is accomplished first. Not that special project you can't wait to get started on. What you soon come to realize is in a certain sense, it's not really your job at all, but rather you've become the caretaker of a corporate task. Now, is that really your career objective? I don't really think so. In fact, that's what you were doing in practice. You'd worked years to establish your reputation as a physician, but it had become a grind, a repetitious grind predicated on production. When you left your group, your practice slot was filled by someone just out of residency who became an instant hit because, well, because he simply did as he was asked. No, that's not where you want to find yourself today. Yet, add to this the possibility that your new job may be at a level such as an MSL, a medical science liaison, where many other people hold the same job function and title, and the job can become even less attractive. Why? When more than one person holds the same job, you're not only a caretaker, but you're a dispensable caretaker. And the more people in that job category, the more dispensable you are. So if you don't want to find a job, what do you want? Well, it's simple. You want to create a job. You want to build a job around the problem or problems you want to solve. That's, what, that's right. You don't want to interview for a job. You want a business meeting to learn about and discuss corporate problems and current planned or hoped for resolutions. You want to be able to present yourself as the answer to their problem. Now, you won't be invited to these meetings if you're applying for jobs online. Again, those are jobs. Those problems, issues, duties, and responsibilities, they're all predefined. 
you need to establish a solid networking strategy that results in you being invited to meet. Now, once you're in a meeting, listen, ask questions, and think to yourself how you might solve these problems. Your first objective is to become informed. Once you understand their problems and you've decided you can help, then and only then do you engage the conversation further and offer your solutions. If your ideas or concepts or processes and actions are well-received, you're likely to be invited to implement them. If you are, you'll most likely be the first person in that role. So what does being the first person mean, and what are the five reasons you want to be first? Here you go. First, there are no shoes to fill. They're not going to be comparing you to a predecessor, good or bad. Second, you'll be focused first and foremost on the problems you actually discussed that got you hired, although you may pick up other responsibilities in time. Regardless, you'll find you're in a much better place to pick and choose, and you'll be much more likely to be asked if you want some particular additional responsibility rather than simply having it assigned to you. This allows you to keep designing your job to fit your long-term career objectives. Third, you'll be free to negotiate your own level in the organization. Stepping in as an expert problem solver, it's easier to present valid reasoning for a specific location on the organizational chart and reporting responsibilities. You should approach this objective based on what authority you require in order to coordinate or assign tasks to others and to require compliance with procedural and operational requests that are integral to you being able to achieve your goals. When you're negotiating your organizational positioning, always consider the relationship between your responsibilities and your authority. Responsibility without commensurate authority is a quick recipe for disaster. Number four, you'll also be freer to negotiate salary and benefits, and perhaps even your employment status. If you've managed the process of evaluating an organization's set of problems, one very important aspect of that evaluation it has to be value. That is, what is the value of correcting a problem or accomplishing a goal? You should endeavor to produce a mutually agreed valuation to those involved in your hiring. Let me put it simply. What is the problem costing the organization, or what opportunity cost is the organization missing if the new objective or objectives are not undertaken successfully? The process of valuation of the problem or opportunity allows you to see both your value and your fit. Let me give you an example. Think of your income as commission. What would a company expect to pay to make $2 million? Would they pay 5% or 10%? What about $20 million? And when I say make, I mean profit not just revenues. Look at your compensation this way and you begin to be able to calculate a fair and more importantly, a justifiable amount. And in that calculation, be sure to include your total cost, the cost or value of your benefits or other perquisites that perhaps come with the job. Based on your value calculation of yourself, you can also make a better determination of your preferred or recommended employment status. What I mean is, you may not find it attractive, or even feasible for that matter, to be an employee 
Rather, being a 1099 contractor may present a better option for both you and the company. Look at it this way. If the profits are too low to support an ongoing salary at an attractive level, then a more project-focused approach based on a consulting contract with a specific term and specific deliverables may be much more valuable. However, if the profits are large and ongoing, many organizations might see a regular employment relationship as to their advantage. More options to consider, but these are certainly interesting options to have. Then number five, your success will be measured strictly against what you want to do. The problem or problems you want to and agreed to solve. This may sound simple, but when you're hired for a specific task, stay on task. One more time, stay on task. Accomplish first and foremost why you were hired. It's too easy to sometimes get sidetracked, to put a few things on hold. More than a few times in my career, I had the opportunity to create my jobs. One point I always made was to request a weekly meeting with the company officer I reported to, usually the CEO. In my weekly meetings, I first presented what I had accomplished and how that accomplishment fit into the list of milestones necessary to achieve what was defined as my most important goal or responsibility. Then I would bring up other issues that were important to me. Regardless, the first thing I presented was my success and then let everything else follow. So right now, stop looking for a job. Start creating and attending business meetings and focus on the problems you want to be solving. Then you can create the job or the position you really want. So there you have it. Five reasons you really don't want a job and five really good things that can happen if you create your own position. As always, if you have questions or comments, feel free to contact me at 720-339-3585. That's for voice, message, or text. For Third Evolution, this is Robert Pretty. Thanks for listening.